Welcome back to another episode of N10. Me and Joe are here with you. And that's right, man. We got a lot of bright nights, a lot of bright lights here in the NHL the past few weeks. And to be specific, the last week, and even you could call it last night as well with the Matthews hat trick versus the Seattle Kraken. Uh, your team's doing well as well. They beat the Edmonton Oilers on, I believe, Saturday night. And they beat the Calgary Flames in overtime on Thursday night. And that was a thrilling game to watch. So both of our teams are looking good right now, except for our back end, which we'll get into. But the Columbus-Seattle back-to-back game from the Toronto Maple Leafs, not optimistic about the defense. The offense is no question about it. They can step up. But what do you feel about the Toronto Maple Leafs after this back-to-back situation they had? Their D and goaltending is awful. It, it just is like there's no there's no other answer for it. Like they're essentially being carried by the Matthews line now. Tavares finally scored, I think on Saturday versus Vancouver. It was like a 14 game goalless drought, so him and Nylander have to get going, especially five on five. Like they're still both not doing good five on five really. Like they scored, did they not score two power play goals yesterday? Yeah, I think Tavares was, was even strength, but yeah, Nylander's power play. Yeah, like they that line needs to get something going five on five because like a lot of their goals, even like before that slump, was like power play points and stuff like that. So they've been like essentially been carried by the Matthews line, which has been the best line in the league the last month in terms of production. Like no one could even say other another line. Like they've been the best line since Feb first at the very least. Um, and like they blew a three nothing lead to Columbus on Monday, one overcame it and won. Then they blew a 3-1 lead to Seattle. We're losing at one point in the third. And then everyone realized that Seattle was dog shit. Mm-hmm. And they came back and won the game. Um, so that's just a problem. Like, they obviously, they won the games. And Seattle's awful. Like, you saw them yesterday. Um, they just are so bad defensively. And in that, considering that we always joke in our group chat, they built their team from the back end during the, the expansion draft, they signed group Bowers, that massive deal. He's the worst goalie in the league this year. Um, and it's just an overall disaster with Seattle. And, but focusing more on the Leafs, it's just like their offense. We already know, like you said, we already know it's there. It's the team defense and goaltending is a, is a massive issue. Like they've been giving up tons and they've had to outscore like teams and, mm-hmm. If you even go back to last year, like last year, like they were much better defensively in goal. Obviously, Muzzin's hurt now. It just, it's, they need to figure out something quick. Obviously, the trade deadline's approaching. We're only less than two weeks away from it now. Hasn't been any real major trades as of yet. So we'll see what happens there. But they need to address, I don't know if it's team defense or the actual defense. Something needs to give there because they just blow leads, like multi goal leads, like every night. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're not wrong. They do consistently blow leads. Um, yeah, I think an overall upgrade needs to be done for the defense, maybe even team defense, like you said. But I think the defense, like defensive position, the pairings have been scrambled in a blender. And you know why? Credit to Sheldon Keefe for doing that because now you found out, okay, that doesn't work. This does. That doesn't work. Okay, we'll scratch this guy. We'll do this guy with this guy. Uh, Rasmus Sandin is scratched because he's sick. I don't really agree with that, but I know he's sick. He's probably not going to be playing, but Dermott and Hall are just terrible. They're not NHL defensemen, especially this year. Years past, sure, you could give them the sixth, fifth spot, but this year it's not looking good for them. 
And the thing about yesterday that pisses me off, sure, they won. But the offense has to cover for the defensive mistakes once again. And, and now everyone's happy. Oh, hey, Matthews Hattrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's looking good. No, it's not. Like, you, they just covered the fact that your defense sucks. And you almost blew a game to the Seattle Kraken, which you should put, you're supposed to win that game 10 times out of 10. Like, it doesn't matter where it is. If it's in Seattle, if it's in Toronto, you're supposed to win that game. They obviously did, but the offense covered for them. And this is the thing that goes back to the Montreal series where we saw – the Toronto Maple Leafs, they were down 2-0 or 3-0 in game five. They came back. They're, they have the ability to, but when they don't have the ability to, you're going to lose the game. And then the defensive mistakes show up even bigger than they do because you didn't win the game. You didn't come back. Your offense wasn't there to be able to do it. I'm just saying the Leafs offense won't be there every time to cover for the defensive mistakes. And that's the thing I'm worried about the most in the playoffs because you're going to vers- be versing Tampa or Florida – and they will shut down your stars. They will do it 100%. It's going to happen. That's why I think they need a depth piece up front and forward. And that's why I think they need more depth defensemen, maybe even good defensemen on the second pairing to help those defensive mistakes because they're, they're really atrocious. They're really bad and they're really pathetic on the back end is the words I would use to describe that back end. I love Morgan Riley. He's not defensive. He was never defensive. He's always been offense. But Brody's been all right. Like, you can't really pinpoint anyone else. They just all have been bad, like, in a blender, I guess, right? So that's yeah. something they really have to look forward to at the trade deadline for to getting someone. I don't know if they're going to go for a big fish. I don't think so. I think it's more of a depth thing. Then you'll get the angry fans. Oh, why don't you trade for this guy? Well, I mean, like, even if you do trade for this guy, you're probably going to be out round one anyway. So, like, you got to really nail down the defenseman who you think is going to work most, not the best you think is going to work most. Yeah, like, like it, all the problems that they're having now is for the playoffs. Like, yeah, they're winning games, like you said. The offense, everyone's praising. Like, they, I like they're the best players that ever laced up skates right now. But it's all about the big picture. And then if they lose in round one again, it's uh, trade Martiner, trade. Yeah, Nelly, it's all for nothing, right? So it doesn't matter. So that's mm-hmm. why, like. Again, like Matthew scored the hat trick last night. If he doesn't score three, they lose. Like mm-hmm. versus Seattle, mm-hmm. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You have to outscore the third worst team in the league to to win at home. It's I know they're on the back to back fine, but it's Seattle. Mm-hmm. They're arguably worse than Montreal because Seattle has one more point than Montreal with three more games played. So like it, it's all about the issues of team defense. Like they do need to really address that. And Matthews has been unbelievable. That whole line has been, like I said earlier. They yeah. just need, they, like you said, they need another, I don't know if it's a, a middle six or a top six winger to play on the second line maybe or just another forward because that fourth line produces absolutely zero offense. Wayne Train had his 1,000th game. I did not know this. He has not scored in almost 30 games. And he signed till next year. So outside of like that first line, the second line's been struggling. The third line's been decent uh, with like Engvall, Mikheyev, Camp. But then the fourth line does like nothing really. Uh-huh. So they, I think they need to add that forward, like you said. And then, like you said, a potential top four D. So we'll see what happens leading up to the trade deadline though. Yeah, and there's not many top four D. Like sure, you could sprinkle the name Chickering out there, but you don't even know if he's going to work in that system for God's sake. Like he's... He's a two-way guy, but you don't know when he comes here. He could fall off a cliff like every other Maple Leafs player that comes here does. 
Like we've seen year after year, Felino fell off a cliff. Brian Boyle, he was all right. Still lost first round. Thomas Buchanan's that piece, they lost, still lost first round. It all depends if this team can get past the first round. That would be a W in itself. Obviously, on the long run, you want to win the Stanley Cup, that's fine. But if you struggle on the way there and lose and keep doing this shit, it's never going to work. Like You never are going to get the trust of a Leafs fan to go for the big fish anymore because you haven't done anything with them on your team. So that's enough for the Leafs. Um, the Montreal Canadiens, though, two straight dubs, beating the Flames and Oilers, like we mentioned at the top of the episode. I, I, I would say very good Ws, in my opinion, for the Montreal Canadiens. It's a Marty St. Louis t- uh, team now, and you're seeing that for sure with guys overtaking the team. Like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, you're seeing it firsthand. So let us know. So, yeah, like they've won seven of the last eight. And the best part about this winning that they've been doing is that they're still in last place overall. Because Arizona has been winning games here and there now, and they're still ahead of Montreal. So Montreal plays Vancouver tonight, see what happens there. But, yeah, like the best part is that they've been going on this winning streak. The young guys are playing well but they're still in line for the first overall pick, which is what I want. This is what I wanted ever since the season was lost. This is all I want. I said, play well, the young guys do well, but you can lose. But they've been winning, but they've been lucky with the circumstance that for some reason, Arizona is now winning too. So it's kind of worked out beautifully for them the last two, three weeks at the very least. And like I said, like, like you said earlier, Suzuki Caulfield, they've been like, Suzuki's been unreal. Like both of them have been, but, like, that Calgary win, like, I was shocked. Like, that was in Calgary on the road versus arguably the best Western Conference team the last six weeks in Calgary overall. And you beat them in overtime. Big Ben Sherrod scores two goals, the overtime winner. But, yeah, like, they've – I think Suzuki has 14 or 15 points in, like, 12 games since San Luis took over. Caulfield has, like, 13 or something like that. Like, they've been great, and mm-hmm. more so the goals rather than just assists and stuff like that. Like, they've been scoring goals, which is key to, like, both of their development. Now, um, obviously, like, they, have, they still have trade pieces to trade, like Ben Trial, like I said. Apparently, Dallas is really interested in Jeff Petrie. See what happens there. Like, there's a bunch of guys that could still trade for the deadline, like Kulak. Apparently, there's Carolina scouts at the Vancouver game tonight. Um, cause, uh, cause Tony D'Angelo just went on the IR, maybe they're mm. looking for a depth defenseman, um, cause they need to do something in the playoffs too, Carolina to mention them. So yeah, it's been great being Montreal fan right now. They've been making fantastic hires. Um, they, I, they, it's not really like a major thing, but they hired the skills coach that the Leafs had for the last four or five years. And often look at the Leafs skilled players. They've been getting better, like over time. So that, that's exciting. So they've been making all the right moves so far. Obviously, this is a fully deal I still don't love, considering how amazing he's doing in Calgary, because I knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I knew that was going to happen because he's playing with much better players and, and that power play at Daryl Sutter's system. He knows it and all that. So still don't love that deal. But, I mean, they still got a first out of it. They've been, it's not like they've fallen off a cliff. Um, it's, been, it's been all right being a Montreal fan right now, the, based on circumstances. Yeah, no, like you said, based on circumstances, happy to be a Montreal fan right now. Um, there's something that we should have the conversation for. We've always had the conversation for it. We had it, I believe, a quarter way last year, halfway last year, and halfway this year, the award talk. And that was something that was brought up on BLP this morning 
uh, when we recorded was, you know, uh, Russo asked me and Tom, do you guys care about the Leafs season until the playoffs? Or are you looking forward to award winners? And to be fair, like, and selfishly, I am looking forward to the awards because I think the Leafs should have maybe, maybe just one guy up for a lot of them. But the heart talk is the conversation around the NHL. And we always have that conversation in our group chats. But it changes every week, which is like very scary because there's a lot of names that deserve this award. And we, you can name some of them right now, Joe. Like, who do you think should be up for – like, who's one, two, three for you now? But there's also a four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten as well that could be here. Like, as of right this day, so March 9th of 2022, it's literally a tie between Matthews and Shesterkin. Now, they've been having this conversation on the radio that Shesterkin – it's harder for goalie to win because they don't play every night, which is true. But if you look at the numbers that Shesterkin's putting up, I know he's only played, like, I think, 40 games around there. He has saved, like, over 40 more goals expected just because he's in that. Like, mm. So the Rangers should have let in 40 more goals in his starts, but he saved them. So, like, clear-cut, like, high-danger chances. Yeah. Or like, wide-open this. He robs people 40 times. So that's ridiculous. And like, he has like a 940 save percentage. We're, we're like that's two crazy. thirds of the way into the year. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Like, I think there was a, a chart I saw today where it's like, it's the second highest save percentage right now. Like it could go down. Like there's still, you know, 25 games or so left, but he has the second highest save percentage ever based on number of games played, which is like, we've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. That's why I have him and Matthews tied. Matthews is the best goal scorer in the league. He is the most complete player in the league. McDavid may be better, more dynamic offensively, but no one scores like Matthews can. And we've never seen this since Ovi scored 65, like 15 years ago. And Matthews is on pace for like 65. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's stuff like that where like you have to have them in there. I, they're like tied for me right now because the Rangers would not be even in a playoff spot if it wasn't for Shesterkin. And the Leafs might be struggling if Matthews – if Matthews has, like – he's at 43. If he has, like, 28, 29, which is still great at this point (laughs) of the season, they're, like, in a wild card spot right now. Like, they're not in top three in the Atlantic. No way, because Boston's Mm -hmm. right behind them. Yep. So, like, that's what you have to look at, too. Like, his extra 15 goals basically elevated them two to three spots in the standings, which is huge. Um, so that's why those are the top two right now. You can throw Johnny Gaudreau in there, Jonathan Huberto, even though like Florida stack. So that's yeah. what might not help them in this, in the slightest really. Cause they're Ross, they score five, six goals a night. <laughs> um, so they're stacked Florida. Then you have like, um, you could say something, say the same thing about all the Colorado guys as well. Yeah, exactly. I don't have any of the Colorado guys. McKinnon, not really. Ranton, maybe not really. That's why, like, that's why the Huberto case for me has gone like down because they're stacked. Like, they have like three or four guys with like twenty-five plus goals. Like, mm-hmm. and they have Aaron Ekblad's gonna score fifteen to twenty on the back end. So like, <laughs> it, they have like they're stacked. So like, who else? I'll throw Kaprasov maybe in there. Minnesota has been really struggling lately. Um, those are just off the top of my head right now. You probably have a couple more that you have in mind, like maybe like a Yossi or something, but that's more for like the Norris. Um, but yeah, like it's just 
it's right now it's really tight, but I think it's like two clear cut front runners for me right now. I don't even want to include the Edmonton guys in here solely because they've won it so many times recently. And the fact that they're getting all of these points and it doesn't result to winning yeah. impacts it a lot because at, they're honestly power play merchants at this point. Like dry settle is what he has 38 goals, which is second in the league. Amazing. But like, I'm pretty sure 20 of them are on the power play. Yeah. I could go check that for you. Hold on. I'll check yeah, that. Check that. Oh yeah. I forgot Ovi. Ovi, he really slowed down in February, but picked it right back up in March. So he could be up there. Like there's lots of guys, but I have two, two front runners for me right yeah. now. Yeah. You were close with the dry settle. He has 17 power play goals, 31 points. And then uh, McDavid has the exact same thing at 31 points. On the power play. That's almost half their points on the power play. So that's where – and it's not like they're winning yeah. games like they were last year. Like, no. last year, okay, it was Canadian division. They still came top two. So, like, they were winning games more often than this year where they're barely get – if not make the playoffs in a, mm. in a very weak Pacific division. So. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd agree with that. Like, it's, it's a different – we can all feel it in the air and with watching the games. It's a different feel in Edmonton this year, especially because – you know, they're dominant. Their point numbers are ridiculous, but there's you can feel like it's okay. They're not in the playoffs right now. They don't really deserve to have that higher ranking in the NHL. But I just want to talk about Shesterkin for a bit. I know my guy Matthews is tearing it up with goals, but I think this stat, it doesn't even involve Shesterkin. doesn't involve him. doesn't. This stat is more ridiculous. There has not been another Rangers goalie who has won a hockey game for that club since January 10th, except Shesterkin. January 10th. Was their last win? Gurgiev. That was their last win with him. I do, oh I can't confirm God. or deny with King Kate has played. If he's played, he's played one game. Like he hasn't played more than one game because Shosturkin had that injury, but that was at the beginning of January, and that's why Gurgiev was playing all those games. So he has not won since January uh, January eighth. Gurgiev has not won a game uh, with the New York Rangers. So that means Shosturkin has won all those games or lost more wins than that, but. I think that stat is more telling because they haven't, they don't trust them, Gurgiev, right? Like, I don't want to trust them uh, with Shesterkin in the net, who can be up for the Vesna, who could be up for the Hart, you know, all these awards, right? So I don't know if he gets it just because of the fact that he's a goalie, but I think he should. Like, it's, it's like we don't see this often. We see Vashlevsky, he's the best goalie in the world, but Shesterkin's the best goalie this year. And I think that's the main difference in that conversation now. Yeah, wouldn't, he, he, they wouldn't be there if without him. They would not be there. Like, okay, not even close. Aaron gets injured. You still have him in the net. Like, you still have him stealing games. It's crazy, but that's why I think the goalie should get the edge, though. Like, if you don't have him, you're not there. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm saying, like, we've like Matthews. Yeah, we haven't seen goal scoring like that in a long time. Like, th- but like. The Rangers will, are going from like a top three team in the Metro to like literally where like New Jersey is with mm-hmm. the amount of like impact me. Like you just said, they have not won a game when he's not in the net in two months. Just <laughs> so to play every game. Yeah, literally, and it's gonna that that that's the thing. Like with the Rangers, like it, that's not a good thing. You don't want that to happen going into a playoffs uh, spot versus like no. Washington or a. Florida or Pittsburgh, like, I think they're gonna play at this point. You don't want that happening. You do not want Shesterkin going tired, because we've seen when a goalie gets tired. We've seen those Mark Andre Fleury disasters in the playoffs. Why? Because he played like sixty games a year. Because he was the only goalie for that organization 
their whole time in that big run. So, man, it's, it's going to be a tough race. It's going to be a tough race. Like, I say this year after year, I feel like this race is a lot tighter than other years, but it's really not. We're just looking at it as, like, a one year. Like, last year was tight as well. You could have – but you had McDavid do that stuff. This year, there's a lot of guys, man. There's a lot of good storylines, so we'll keep tabs on that. Um, a good storyline here. It's a pretty funny one, to be honest. I really like this storyline, but Jerry McCann – uh, signed an, an extension. He inked, sorry, an extension. Five years, five million with the uh, Seattle Kraken. On the day he returned to his hometown team, the team he was on for 72 hours, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they should have done a at least a small video. That would have been hilarious because apparently the Kraken did one for Vanacek when he came back, and Vanacek never played a game. So I, I feel like the Leafs should have done that. That was a missed opportunity. But five years, five million for Jared McCann. Do you like the deal or do you not like it? This is my thoughts. The deal is fine because he's he's good and he's their best player. Why the hell did they not trade him? If you're gonna if you wanted to sign him, offer that contract in the offseason. If you had to overpay a little bit, you could overpay. You're an awful team. You could have gone so much for Jared McCann at the trade deadline, but instead you re-signed him, so he's officially off the market which is such a stupid move for a team that has made a bunch of them at yeah. the expansion draft, uh, the no side deals that they made, the terrible contracts they gave already to Alexiak, Adam Larson, Philip Grubauer. And they get, like I said, they're the worst defensive team, one of the worst in hockey this year. So I don't know what Ronnie Francis is on, he, ever since he left Carolina, it's been a disaster. Let's be honest here. I don't know what's going on and, or what their thought process is, but you need to get assets for a team that is just starting out. Obviously, their expansion team, not everyone's going to be Vegas. We understand that. But you're not putting yourself in a position to, like, increase yourself so you get better quickly in, in the long term. Yeah. No, so I, I agree. It's a good contract because he's a good player, but such a stupid move. Mm-hmm. Especially the timing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the timing. Um, yeah, I think it's good. Like, if your guy is going to get 30 goals on a really dog shit team, imagine what he could do with a really good Seattle Kraken team. Now, yeah. I don't know if we'll be seeing that very soon. We may even see that in the fifth year of that contract because the Seattle Kraken, like you said, they made some stupid moves, uh, some moves that will take them back a few steps. But I like Jeremy McCann. He's my guy. I like him. Uh, I think it's a good deal. Maybe a bit lower, but... You know, you can't complain. Like Tom said on the podcast and BLP, he said the Vegas Golden Knights did the exact same thing. They had the money, so they're going to go pay the guys. If you have yeah. the money, you go pay the guys. But there's a side thing. You cannot pay everyone you have. So they're going to have to let a few guys go. And right now, their core is all locked up. That's a problem when you're really bad. Like you have Tanev locked up, Eberle, Schwartz, Grubauer, your whole defensive core. Now McCann. It's going to be an issue a lot closer than we think for the Seattle Kraken team to solve those contracts and kind of trade them away. But I think they'll trade some away. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Rick Nash, one of the most underrated players we've watched. Um, Maybe not as some other players that we've seen and they're currently still playing, but Rick Nash got his number retired by the Columbus Blue Jackets, the famous number 61. Now there were as many other players that could have got their number retired before him. Uh, maybe a Sergei Bobrovsky, but he's still playing. So Rick Nash gets it. 
captain for the Columbus Blue Jackets, played for the Rangers, had a small stint with the Boston Bruins, but he was retired uh, by the Columbus Blue Jackets, number 61. Yep, it's the first number retired in Columbus history, deservedly so. He's still, I would say, their best overall player in franchise history, just based on, like, longevity. Maybe not the most skilled, like, obviously they had Panera in there for a few years. But, like, he was, like, you know, the first overall pick. He scored, like, 40 goals for them, I think, a few times. He was, like, like you said, like, underrated, was on Team Canada twice, I think. Yeah. It was I know twice. 2010 for sure. No, 2014 was there, yep. Okay, so yeah, so two-time gold medal winner. So mm-hmm. like a very underrated career. He had a, like, kind of fell off after he was like 30, 31, he really fell off. So that was because he was like a power forward. Like those type of players kind of fall off in their early to mid-30s. But yeah, definitely deserved for Rick Nash in Columbus. Yeah, and I didn't know this, but he's 37 year old, years old. Like if it wasn't for, I think, it, I think it was the injuries or a sickness he had or something. Like I think he maybe just wanted to step away from the game. And he stepped away from the game in the 17-18 season after that year. So I believe, what would that give him, like 33, 34 at that time? Yeah, yeah. So he was pretty, he was still there. I mean, one more year, two more years he could have done. But yeah, Rick Nash, 805 points in 1,060 games. Pretty impressive. Almost 500 goals at 437. So hats off to Rick Nash on the retirement of his jersey number with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, we'll go to some other news, and this is just point history moves. Uh, news, sorry. Jason Robertson, back-to-back hat-tricks, 100 points in his first 102 NHL games. That's crazy for a guy who, you know, I think, we're, no, we're all in the conversation that we thought Nick Robertson was going to be the better brother. Nope, not anymore. Jason Robertson takes that. Yeah, and, like, he's, like, the last two years, like, Obviously, he just started last year. He's only played 102 NHL games, like you said. He has 100 points. He's a point a game on a very average, like, goal-scoring Dallas team. Mm-hmm. He's, like, their best player currently. And, like you said, like, we all thought Nick Robinson would be better because he got called up. He scored in that Columbus series for the Leafs when he was, like, 18-19. Both, I think, was, I think he was also a second-round pick or fourth-round pick. And his brother was a second round pick. Mm-hmm. But obviously the gap between the two brothers is, is absolutely massive now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think Nick could reach the heights that his brothers already got. Like Jason's already got like 30 goals this year. So he's he's been incredible on that line with Rupe Hints and, and Pavelski, my boy. So it's just like really impressive to see because he kind of came out of nowhere last year and he's just like been even better this year, which is great for Dallas because their direction's a little bit murky right now, the direction of the team. They got some young guys. They got him, Heiskanen, Ottinger, and Nett. Um, and now they have some older guys like Pavelski, Ben, Sagan, Radulov. So, like, they got a – they're in a little bit of a weird spot, so we'll see what happens there. But he's definitely a cornerstone going forward for the Dallas Stars. Yep. And another thing that happened on Saturday night and last night – Nick Schmaltz had himself a couple of get-a-day stretch. Seven points versus the Ottawa Senators on Saturday afternoon. Now, I put this note before. He got four points last night versus the Detroit Red Wings. Um, yeah, like he'll be mentioned later in the episode for, from one of us. But Nick Schmaltz has been tearing it up. Like, if this was a Leaf player, if this was a Habs player, if this was a, I don't know, like someone very, I don't know, like you if are. he just – 
not, yeah, if you just played for a good organization, we're hyping this guy up to the moon, right? Like, plays on Arizona, nobody cares, right? Like, nobody cares. It's so, no like, bad because he scored seven points. He's, like, the next best total since Sam Gagne did it in 2012. Like, 2012, that was 10 years ago. I know. And, again, like, Sam Gagne was just a kind of a random guy mm-hmm. that got eight points in a game. So, like, it's really, like – it was incredible. Like, it was like, remember we were tracking it. Like, you mentioned he had four points, then five, then six, then seven. And it's, like you said, got another four last night. Yeah. Yes, I just checked going into the recording. He has 37 points in 37 games. 12 of them have come in the last three games. That's crazy. Crazy. Like, he, he was always one of those guys where, okay, obviously he's not there because it's just a lucky stretch right now, but he's very skilled. Like, I thought he was a lot better than he was. And if he continues this, like, sure. And I think you got to be proud of the Arizona Coyotes in the least recent stretch because I think they scored 19 or 18 goals in the last two games, which is pretty impressive. I know they versus Ottawa and Detroit doesn't matter, but if you play like that the rest of the year, God, like, okay, that's a good sign. It's like the Montreal Canadiens. Like, at least we're not dog shit. Like, I know, and now you got Nick Ritchie scoring a few goals for you. Clayton Keller having an awesome year. Yeah. Uh, who else is doing well? Like, Chickren's kind of picked it up. Who yep. knows? If Shane Gossespierre. Yeah, Shane Gossespierre's been really underrated. And you know Philly gave yep. up him yep. and a second-round pick, right? Well aware. Well aware. <laughs> they gave up to move him. Yes, to get Risto. That's another disaster right. for another day. But they beat a team. Uh, that you had in the Battle of the Buds, uh, the Vegas yes, Golden Knights did. yesterday. Yes, they did. But speaking of another guy, another American, Patrick Kane, six points uh, last night versus Anaheim Ducks. Very underratedly because he only had one goal and the other five were assists and they were all even strength. Um, not the best player defensively, but a great offensive talent. We talked about it last week. If there was rumors, he leaves, he gets traded. Like, I'm just thinking to myself, dude, this guy's going to get a haul massive, massive if he gets traded, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen at the deadline, maybe in the offseason um, or at all. Maybe he stays, the, he stays that one year and then leaves as a free agent. Who knows? But like you said, like we talked about it last week, he's still amazing offensively, especially at passing the puck. Um, there's very few that are better than <laughs> yeah. him in his career period, never mind just now in the league. So he's a, he's a special player. Um, I didn't know like six points was his career high, which was impressive because the guy's like in his mid thirties almost, but like six points is a lot in a game, obviously. But I thought like he might've hit that, like maybe like in his prime, but I guess not. So that's really impressive for Patty Kane. Yep. And I guess we'll move things forward to the hard hat award award to the best player in the NHL the past week of play. We talked about these two players just now. Patrick Kane for me, Nick Schmaltz for you. Very, very simple. It's just Kane has been hyping it up for the last couple of weeks with Alex Dabrinka on that Chicago team. Even Dylan Strom, shout out Dylan Strom, playing a lot better. And this is where he should be in the lineup, clearly. <laughs> I mean, it's working yeah. right now, right? Like, at least he wasn't scratched from Jeremy Carlton, so it's working there, too. Um, yeah, the Blackhawks are a weird one. They seem to be holding off on some players who they should get rid of. <clears throat> Marc-Andre Fleury. And a guy like Brandon Hagel, Dominic Kubelik are set to be on the market. You know, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks and get an offer, you got to take it. But they're young players, so there might be a risk there to trade them. But, you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, and I think the whole flurry thing's so weird because it's like apparent, like he does not want to like move. Like it's surprising. Yeah, a new. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, maybe maybe he's gonna resign in Chicago because it's so weird. Like, it, it's I find it so odd that he wouldn't want to go to a cup contending team. Because I, I don't know if he's retiring at the end of this year. If he's gonna play one more year. No idea. And now, he, if, if he wants to finish his last year in Chicago, go ahead. But, like, it's kind of a weird career arc mm-hmm. to finish your Hall of Fame career. Yeah. yeah, and if you want to talk about your boy, Nick Schmaltz. Oh, yeah, Nick Schmaltz. We already talked about him enough. The seven <laughs> points versus Ottawa. He scored – I have 12 points in three games. So, he had one goal before this Gretzky-like outburst <laughs> the last two games. Um, but, like, like you said, like, he is skilled, like – I mean, he's got he scored five goals in those three games. So it's not like he's just a pure passer. He could score a few goals. Um, he's always been like solid. I don't remember why Chicago got rid of him. It might have been one of the trades that they it was made. Dylan Strom. Was it Dylan Strom? Yeah. So yeah. like, he's a solid player now. Strom's finally working out for Chicago. He scored a hat trick himself last night mm-hmm. with Patrick Kane six point night. But yeah, Schmaltz. He's only 26, so it's definitely some someone Arizona would want to keep around. Well, who knows? They want to trade their 23-year-old number one defenseman, mm-hmm. for God's sake. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. But I was going to put Matthews here, but I'm like, I can't not pick Schmaltz. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. He had a crazy couple weeks and a couple yeah. games there. Um, we'll move on to the bad stuff, the golden plunger. So flush the toilet for us. <laughs> And another two-team pack here we got. Um, I don't know if you want to go with yours first or mine, but equally bad, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll start off because it's a team we've talked about a couple times this year, and that's Edmonton Oilers. They fired Tippett. They won a couple games, and now they're right back to being dog water. Um, I think they're like basically 500-ish, maybe a little above since they've hired Woodcroft. They lost back-to-back games versus, okay, they lost versus Calgary, which is understandable because Calgary is really good. But then they lost 5-2 to Montreal on Saturday. Again, Montreal's been playing a lot better, but they're still last place in the league. I know. And mm-hmm. Montreal also had two disallowed goals in the game. So That's it could have right. been 7-2 at home in Edmonton. I, I don't understand. Their goaltending's dog. Their defense is dog. They're, other than those two players being power play merchants, they're dog. Mm-hmm. they're just not a good team. They're not. Yeah. It's going to be really tough for them. And Vegas, too. I was going to play Vegas here as well because they lost for freaking Philly last night. But them, too, my God. I don't know who's going to make it out of the Pacific out of those two teams for that third spot. Because right now, Calgary's a lock for, to win it. L.A. is not slowing down, even though they have these injuries and Arvidsson's out for a bit now and Deneau's day-to-day. They still win games. Then, then it's between Edmonton, Vegas, and you know, call. I mean, the Canucks are still hanging around in there. I have no idea who's going to claim that final spot. And then, who knows? Because it might just be three teams out of the Pacific and five out of the Central. Right. Because Dallas has been really pushing lately. Nashville still there in the Central. So we'll see what's going to happen. But Edmonton, man, like they have no excuse to miss the playoffs this year. Zero. Yep, I agree. Uh, that's a good pick. I just wanted to say something about the Edmonton Oilers. Like, I know their team's battered up. I know they have a lot of injuries, but you still have the best two players in the league, quote-unquote, right? Like, come on, unacceptable. And 
in a battle of Alberta where I picked them to pick, uh, to pick them to win in the battle of the buds, they showed up for a zero pack on the night combined. So Devin Shore had to score the goal for the Edmonton Oilers and it wasn't 97 or 29. So that's unacceptable. And shout out to Darnell Nurse. Awful contract it's looking like. It's looking really bad for the Edmonton Oilers. Nine point started yet. I know and it hasn't started. That's the funny thing. I was just gonna say, like it hasn't even started yet. I like oh man, they're screwing the pooch really hard. They gotta get rid of that GM because he's really bad at doing what he does. Um I'll go to this, I'll go to my team though, the golden plunger for my team. I'll go with the St. Louis Blues. Unacceptable play the last four games. They've lost four straight. Um now it's starting to be like, okay, who's the goalie? Is it who? So is it Bennington? They're both losing right now. So you can't really decide on one. Tarasenko has shut off for the last, I think, six games. You think he has two points in the last six. They're not getting a great year from Ryan O'Reilly. This is one of his worst years ever playing in the National Hockey League. He just hasn't been putting up points. He just hasn't been the two-way player he was. And I want to shout out the Central Division because, you know, the St. Louis Blues, I'm talking shit about them. They're second place in that division, but they're 16 points behind the first place team. Um, it's 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 a pretty large gap, and I, I don't know, I, I I don't know if there's another team in that central division that could actually beat the Colorado Avalanche. I I know in the conference there's not many teams. Maybe the Calgary Flames you can say as well, but to give a fight, there's not many teams in that central division. I think that could pick up a fight. And if it is, it's one of the Minnesota Wild or St. Louis Blues, but they've been struggling recently. I like the Blues team top to bottom. I really do. I like their first line. I like their second line, third line. But for some reason, they just don't show up consistently. Like, it's always, okay, Brayden Shen's doing good this week. Tarasenko, you got it. Okay, this week, Kyrou. This week, uh, Robert Thomas. It's, it's an issue. And defense is also an issue, too, because they only have one point scoring defenseman, and he's not really scoring points this year in Tory Krug. So, they got to really figure it out the St. Louis Blues in order to kind of put up a fight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, and like you kind of mentioned Krug there at the end. He has not been a great signing for them overall. No. He's not even close to what he, he did. He hasn't put up Boston. a lot of points. And I think their yeah. power play has been decent. I want to see if they actually have been pretty decent. Um, let's go power play. They're third in the league. Like, they're third in the league. Like, he should be scoring a lot more points than he should be, but apparently he's not. And he was never a defensive defenseman, but he's got to get better at that too. So enough with the bad. We'll go into what you say with Jason Drew. Jason, what are we playing? What you say? And I don't know if you heard this, but Daryl Sutter had another quote. It was a really quick quote. Um, you know, in overdrive, the boys were saying they, some guy was actually timing Daryl Sutter's answers in the post game for the Calgary Flames because he's a short talker. Let me tell you this. Uh, so listen to the quote, and we'll tell you after uh, after the quote what what we thought about that. W's. That's when I'm impressed. Yeah, Daryl Sutter, short and sweet for that guy. He does not like the media. It looked like he was dying on that podium. <laughs> yeah, Daryl Sutter, man. Like we talked about it like a while ago. He just does not care about the media. He doesn't like talking to them. He's just that typical, like, redneck response and just walks away. But it works for them. I mean, Calgary's amazing this year, and he just goes about his business, doesn't want to talk, just lets his coaching and the teams play on the ice do all the talking for him. Yeah, beats being pissy over in Edmonton, right? 
Oh yeah, down the road, someone, a couple of guys are being pissy nonstop. <laughs> okay, we'll move our way to the Battle of the Buds. I went two and one. You had your first, I believe, losing record of the season in one and two this week. Um, yeah, you've lost at Flyers versus Vegas. Well, that is awful on their part. Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on to our picks this week. Uh, Vegas at Sabres. I'm going to take Vegas because I'm an idiot. Uh, March 10th, that is, that is tomorrow. I'll take the Vegas Golden Knights, who are the road team. Then I'm going to take the Capitals at Canucks March 11th. That's Friday night. I'll take the Capitals, also the road team in that one, to that. And then I'm going to take the Maple Leafs over the Sabres. So the Sabres are losing two straight this week, according to me. I'll take the Maple Leafs and the Heritage Classic on March 13th. So that is Sunday afternoon. You know, I didn't know it was Sunday until like last weekend. Yeah, they haven't really marketed it very well. Let's just say that. Uh, clearly, I'm a huge, obviously a huge follower. And I thought it was like, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a Saturday night. No, yeah. it's Sunday afternoon. Mm. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, okay, so those are your picks. <laughs> you have the Sabres losing twice, poor Sabres. Um, especially in that outdoor game. They're somehow the home team in that game, which is embarrassing in itself. But anyways, uh, so for my picks uh, this week, so I'm going to go back to the flyer well again. Hopefully they do <laughs> well because we don't have a team that's going to choke, hopefully, like Vegas did yesterday. That's the Florida Panthers at home tomorrow night. So the Panthers winning at home. Then this is my first, I think it's my first bet on Montreal this year. They have Seattle coming in Saturday night in Montreal. I just ripped Seattle, how bad they are, <laughs> and how well Montreal's been playing. So I have Montreal winning at home on March 12th. And then I have the Lightning and Oilers in Edmonton. Like we just talked about the struggling Oilers, as they've been very inconsistent all year. I have Lightning winning on the road on March 12th. Yep, and that brings our total records to 19-13 and 13 for me, 25-8 and eight for you in the season. So I'm slowly catching up in a way, but, you know, I got to get a real, like, grip on these games and this especially these ones for the sabers this week um yeah our next one joe spicy meatball do you have one i do and it's very easy does your boy win the heart i don't know man it's a tough conversation because we just had a big conversation about the two-pack leading the charge um I think you'd be the only Leaf ever to win it. Is that that's right, right? Like I don't think anyone's else won it, right? I, I'm like 99% sure. Like, like I'm pretty sure players have been up for it. Like I think Sittler was, Gilmore was, obviously Gretzky. Well, wasn't Matthews nominated last year? He was nominated last year, yeah. Okay, okay. But like you said, like I don't think anyone's won it. Um, you know what? I'll go against history. I'll say Matthews is gonna win it just based on the fact that. If he doesn't get injured here, please, Lord, do not get injured because this is the year after year he gets injured and he always scores like 40. Can you hit 50, Matthews? Can you hit 50? He might even hit 60, which is even more crazier to say in a time like hockey like this. But, you know, I, I, we were talking on BLP this morning. If this guy doesn't get injured, like I'm not like, – it may be so really stupid, but Gretzky's record, Matthews, maybe, if he didn't get injured all these years in those shortened years – he scores 50 in all of them. I know. He he really does. Like, the only one, like you said, like his rookie year, obviously not because he played basically all the games. The other ones, maybe scores 50, like the other two years. Then, like, ever since 1920, if he plays 82, or even does he have to play 82? If he plays more than 
I think what he would they play seventy the COVID year? Yeah, he needed three more goals. goals. He, he needed three more goals. He had forty-seven. There you go. He plays what? Two more games. Three more games. There's fifty. Mm-hmm. Um. So like he should have three fifty goal seasons. It's kind of like Ovi. Like Ovi yeah. has nine fifty. He should have like twelve oh, because of how much they've been screwed with the COVID and the lockout and all that. And so it's, it's very similar to that. Um. But yeah, like I I think he might. I think if he stays healthy. Maybe he doesn't get to 60, but if he gets, like, 55 to 60, realistically, he could get to 60 easily. He's on pace for that. But even if he slows down a bit, it's because, like, his points are up, too. Like, last year, he had the same kind of roughly goals per game as last year, but it's the assists and the points that are way up from last year. So that's what's really kind of vaulting his case. And obviously, like, his takeaway numbers and the face-off percentage are just, like, really good for a, a guy that scores as much as he does so i'm gonna i'm gonna say he does win it too because he's he's like legit like top three favorite player in the league for me right now and it's a leap so that's really hard for me to admit impressive but it's not because i've i've, I've the last three years like he's like been like arguably my favorite player in the league so i mean going back to the leaf the heart question the last time a leaf player won the heart was 1955 and it was Ted Kennedy. Yeah. So it's it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute, yeah. To say the least, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, we've had this conversation multiple times, Joe, group chats, life on this podcast, I'm pretty sure best thief of all time. You can make the argument already. I I, can, I I would say right now, skill alone, even if he say he leaves after his contract, so in two years. He will still be the best leaf ever to put on a jersey. Like, he scores at a, a rate for a centerman, for a centerman that I don't think we've ever seen since like Gretzky Lemieux. I'm talking just centerman, not mm-hmm. a goal scoring winger. Centerman takes the draws. Very He's good. He's also good defensively, yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah takeaways especially and like he's a big freaking guy so like <laughs> he could like he could like protect the puck in the offensive zone he could strip guys because he's he's strong like he's everything you want in a player like everything we said on blp this morning keep referring to that but we said like did we expect austin matthews to be this good i'm gonna say no, no like i did not no everyone said his comparison was did. kopitar yeah look at he's him basically <laughs> kopitar defensively but scores 50 a year <laughs> you don't see that combination too often like you just said you mentioned no. two other names that are pretty good at the, what they do yeah like just in terms of goals in the nhl centerman there's no one that's been like that really ever <laughs> yeah i like the hot take i like it so we'll see if it happens yeah. and i believe it's july which the boards are being awarded um, yeah because it's a bit pushed back but yeah i like it all right uh, do you have any other last words before we move off for at least a week or two weeks? We don't know. I I honestly hope that the well, I I selfishly want trades to start happening, but I also don't because I want March twenty first to be amazing. It's true. But I'm just I hope I wonder if like if there's gonna be any massive out of the blue trades. Like obviously we have guys that are like rumored like Chikrin, which is like honestly makes no sense for Arizona, but it could happen because he has term and he's young. Who knows? Like, it's just like, I'm excited for that. But I selfishly want it to happen sooner, but I also don't. Like, it's very complicated. 
Yeah, I'd rather get it left till the last day you can possibly yeah. trade players just because I'll be the idiot watching fucking 10 to freaking 3. Oh, I'll have, it it I'll have my laptop right here. I work from home. I'm going to have the laptop here from 8 to whenever they're done talking. Yeah, so like I'll idiots, and then nothing happens. <laughs> Come Every on. time, year after year, year after year, I keep telling myself, I'm not going to watch from the thing. I'm going to end up watching from start to finish. No, so. I gotta do. Whatever. All right. End End will return next week. Join us then. Woo!